your first availability is December, do any of these work for you? And I'm like, no, like that's the whole reason I have a calendar. The earlier version of me is I would have bent over backwards for a client and I would have accommodated and put my own stuff out of whack. Right now, I just can't. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to talk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad. In this episode, I want to talk about boundaries. I specifically want to talk about boundaries because I've had a couple situations this week where clients have wanted to push my boundaries or push the boundaries of my business. I was thinking to myself, the Rachel of five years ago, maybe even the Rachel of two years ago, would have accommodated that and said, no problem, I really need this and I'm willing to bend over backwards for it. But the Rachel of today is not. Over the last handful of years, things have been hard and they've been hard for all of us. I made a decision that I'm just not going to let myself be as stressed out in 2024 as I have been in the past. What this means is that starting now, starting a while ago, actually, I'm identifying my boundaries and I'm holding firm to them. I'm not perfect with my boundaries and certainly some things slip past me. I try to look back and reflect and say, all right, over the course of the day or the week or whatever the case is, where have I succeeded in maintaining my boundaries and where have I failed in maintaining my boundaries? When I have failed, I ask myself, was it a big deal? Like, am I sad that I failed? Or was it just a thing where I made an accommodation for someone and that's okay? In the cases where I'm sad that I failed my boundaries, I look at the situation and I ask myself, if this were to happen again, what would I do differently? Today's one of those days. I've had potential clients ask, is there any way in the world that we can book an appointment outside of what's available on your calendar? The answer to that is no. That's, I mean, I have a calendar and I have to maintain my calendar. Otherwise, I would get nothing done. And I know I would get nothing done because I have a very long to-do list. And I don't mind. I love my to-do list. I love that I'm so busy. What I don't love is those evenings when my husband gets home and we have dinner and then I have to go back to work because I didn't say no to something. I'm cutting into board game time or puzzle time. I'm cutting into learn to play Super Mario Brothers on I don't even know what device we have. So my boundaries are really important to me. They're important because I want to have family time and I want to have friend time. And I don't want to look back and think, whoa, thank goodness I spent so much time at work. So here we are. We're talking about boundaries. If you're not familiar with boundaries or you just want a primer, there's a handful of kinds of boundaries. There are physical boundaries. This is stuff like PDA and just your own personal space. In real life, I'm not much of a hugger. So one of my physical boundaries is that I might give you a hug once, but I'm not going to give you a hug every time I see you. One of my best friends is a guy that I met a handful of years ago at a WeWork office. He's not much of a hugger and I'm not much of a hugger. So we made an agreement that there would be one hug per year. Whenever there's a celebration, we have to decide, is this going to be the one hug for this calendar year? I kind of like it. It's both funny and practical. The next boundary is going to be sexual. I think you have a good idea of what that means. There's intellectual boundaries. These are going to be boundaries around thoughts and beliefs. When somebody dismisses another person's ideas or opinions, 
that's a violation around their intellectual boundaries. There's emotional boundaries. This is your feelings. There's a boundary that says, here's what I'm comfortable sharing and here's who I'm comfortable sharing it with. And the answer isn't, I'm comfortable sharing everything with every single person I meet. Next up is financial. Financial boundaries are just like it sounds. It's your decision on how you spend money and how you don't spend money and how that's all about you when it's your choice. One of my biggest boundaries is about time and respect. And I'm not really sure what the magical category for that is, but I thought we can talk about it. In my case, a time boundary is that when you book an appointment, you book a particular start time and a particular stop time. Time boundaries for me come in a couple of forms. There's the fact that I use an online calendar. I do that because it keeps me organized and ensures that I don't overbook myself. Despite the fact that I record a lot of videos, I've now got the podcast and I spend all day training, I really don't have the stamina to actually be talking to people all day. So what I do is I set up boundaries for myself and I say I can take a certain number of appointments per day. I can do podcast and YouTube videos on days that I have enough stamina, but I'm not going to do it every day and I'm not going to do it all the time. Huge props to people who can. I'm not one of those. Another type of time boundary is the start and stop time for appointments. I very specifically use a calendar. My calendar has start and stop times. This allows me to plan my day. If I have 15 minutes between calls, then I know I have enough time to get a snack and a cup of tea. If I have five minutes between calls, I know that I can prioritize my stuff. If I let clients go over time on the calls, it kind of throws the rest of my day out of whack. I built it enough time between calls to get all the things done that I need to get done. I would encourage all of you to set up some sort of online calendar for appointments. The online calendar can be Acuity. It can be Calendly. There's all kinds of things. If you're not overly particular, go look and see what's on AppSumo. You might find the perfect thing that fits within your budget. Having an online calendar eliminates the back and forth. When do you want to meet? Oh, I don't know. I can't meet then. Can you meet here? Can you whatever? These can sync up with your calendar you're currently using. In my case, I use Google Calendar, but basically every scheduling software will sync up with your calendar. If you're having difficulty syncing your scheduling calendar with your online calendar, I've got a recommendation for you. And that recommendation is a friend of mine, Nicole Lux Ritchie. Nicole owns a business called Luxcentric. The tagline for her business is, don't let your technology bully you. She really is the person I recommend and lean on when I'm stuck with something weird like my calendar doesn't show up on my phone or I can't get Acuity to talk to my Google Calendar. What am I doing wrong? Getting a calendar set up, I believe, will save you frustration and help implement some boundaries around your time. The other boundary that's top of mind is going to be respect. I'm thinking about all those times where you read in forums or you see a meme and one person is going to go on a date with another person. And the advice is pay attention to how they treat the wait staff. That's a big deal. You want to know if this is a person who respects others. Certainly that's important when dating, but when translating it to business, take a look at how people treat you. Take a look at the people who are considering working with you. Do they respect your time? Going back to the calendar. Do they respect your expertise? If you have a team, do they respect your team? If you provide someone a quote and they don't like the quote, are they questioning the quote and saying, oh, well, what does it cover? I don't quite understand. Or are they questioning you and saying, I don't respect you enough to believe that you are worth this money. 
I know that sounds very silly. I had a case once where I had met with a bookkeeper. I was handing a client off and the new bookkeeper was going to take the client over. The new bookkeeper told me in no uncertain terms, she did not feel like I should charge the rate that I was charging. This wasn't a question to her. I didn't ask her for her opinion. She went ahead and volunteered it. In the time since, there's been opportunities where her name has come up. And I've been a person who has clearly and quietly said, I don't support working with this person or I don't support hiring this person. I don't mind that she didn't feel like I should charge when I charged. I minded that she went out of her way to tell me when it wasn't a part of the discussion that I didn't know her and there was no reason for her to bring it up. I belong to a handful of accounting groups, many of which I love and enjoy. I'm so grateful to be a part of. I've also left a handful of them, and in one case, I've stepped way, way back from one. I know that the internet is not a perfect place, and I know that not everyone is going to be nice to everyone, but I find it incredibly disheartening when I pay to be a part of a group to then find their group members who are unkind to other group members. I find it super disheartening when the administrator or the organizer of their group says, oh, ha, 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 that's just so-and-so. I don't think this behavior should be tolerated, although there's nothing I can do about that. What I can do is I can vote with my dollars and vote with my time. When I discover that I've paid to be part of a group where people are not respecting others, I realize that that's not the group for me. I set a boundary for myself that says I'm not going to support things that I don't like. I think it's important to identify what your values are and determine where you're going to spend your time. You get 24 hours in a day and you get to decide which groups get your time and your attention. Let's talk about how to set some boundaries at work. I'm going to frame this in terms of working with clients or potential clients. So the first idea I have is to be really clear about the expectations and put that in writing. If you're working with a client, you should have a very clear engagement letter. The engagement letter has two parts. It has the legalese that your attorney wrote and has the description of services that you're writing. You're not going to write or set expectations that says, I will do your bookkeeping. You're going to be more clear. I will code your bank feeds. I'll reconcile your bank account. I'll enter your accounts receivable, whatever the case is. Set the expectations and make them really clear. One of the things that I didn't do was to make expectations clear in terms of what we need. So Megan and I sat down and we wrote out everything we needed clients to hear and to hear over and over again. It was stuff like, we need your bank statements and we don't want them once a year. We want them once a month. We need you to answer our questions when we're not certain about something so that we can give you accurate reports on a monthly basis. So we're setting the expectations. We're making it really clear. We have sent it in the engagement letter. So it's part of the contract. Once the contract was signed, we sent a follow-up email that said, hey, Just really want to point out some stuff in the contract. Want to make super duper sure you understand this stuff. We have it on our website. We have an eight-page PDF that just says, Welcome to Gentle Frog. Here's what to expect when working with us. We'll link this in the show notes in case anybody wants to see it, in case there's anything in here you want to adapt. I was talking to my therapist last week and I said, you know, I find that it's difficult that clients are not sending over their statements like we need or giving us accountant access so we can just get their statements. Explain how I'm having difficulty with people thinking there's an exception to my calendar and that if they just ask kindly that magically a spot will open up. She's very kind. She said, you know what? People are very busy. They're doing a lot of things and they're not always going to remember everything you tell them. 
she said was you need to remind people about your boundaries and your expectations and what you want. So what I've done is I've made sure our bookkeeping clients know what we need. I've made sure that anybody who tries to book a call with me, when they go to the calendar to book the call, at the very top of the calendar booking page, it says, this is my current availability. If you're having an emergency, you can book an SOS appointment. And those are appointments that are available for the next 48 hours. Just depending on my personal schedule, I'm willing to work late to make it happen. I don't know he's let people book an SOS appointment. There just are going to be times where I don't have the energy, the desire, or the availability to make that happen. So her advice was let people know what you expect of them and remind them of that constantly. If you've ever heard the saying, give them an inch and they take a mile, that seems to hold pretty true. I wasn't asking what to do if I felt like making an exception, but she went ahead and told me. She said, you need to not make exceptions. When you start making exceptions, people will stop respecting your boundaries. And it's much harder to put those boundaries back into place. So I sit here and sometimes feel uncomfortable as I hold my boundaries, but that discomfort only lasts for a few minutes. You know what lasts longer? The feeling of peace that I get when I'm assembling a jigsaw puzzle or I'm enjoying a bubble bath because I can. In the beginning of your business, it's going to feel really weird to say no to stuff. You need to say yes because you need clients. You need incoming cash. I want to let you know that once you get a little more established and a little more confidence, one of the best ways to set your boundaries is to learn to say no. I am a huge fan of saying yes because I know that I can help people and I want to help people. When you see that light bulb come on and someone says, oh my gosh, I finally get it. That's what I thrive on. That's why I'm doing training and not bookkeeping. I'm thrilled Megan likes bookkeeping for exactly this reason. But you've got to know when to say no. So an example of this for our firm is that we used to offer reconcile only services. And we used to offer kind of a hybrid, like you do some bookkeeping, we'll do some bookkeeping and we'll meet in the middle. These are things that looking back on, we didn't enjoy and we weren't really great at it. This isn't to say that we couldn't do it. It just, it didn't work with our rhythm. Our rhythm is to get in, to know fully what's happening in the books, for things not to change when we're not looking, and for us to know that it's in whatever state we left it in. For us, learning to say no has been learning to take a client or a potential client who is so incredibly nice and who would be so amazing to work with and saying, I'm so sorry, the thing that you need is not a thing that we offer. Lucky for all of us, I have a fairly extensive network of bookkeeping friends. And so I'm able to lean on my bookkeeping friends and just ask around, hey, I've got a situation. I spoke to a really nice person who needs XYZ. Does anybody else want to take them on? I recommend that you identify what you like to do, what you love to do, what you're willing to do, and more importantly, what you're not willing to do. When you identify those things that you're not willing to do, put that on your list of no's. Give yourself the freedom to say no to the bad and yes to the good. The boundaries that I'm taking action on this week is that I'm muting groups that are frustrating for me. The boundary is that I won't see or get the notifications, but that I'm not quite ready to leave the groups yet. So I'm giving myself permission to put things on pause. And for the paid groups, I'm giving myself permission to look at it again in December and identify what groups will I continue to support with my time and my dollars? 
There's a coach in the Seattle area. I've never met her in person, but I really, really like her. And she's amazing when it comes to boundaries. She used to have these boundary cards that were, they look like tarot cards, except for they just have boundaries on them. I have a pack of these cards and they mean more to me than a lot of the random tchotchkes that are on my shelf. I recommend that you take a look and maybe even subscribe to her email list. Her name is Sari Gilman. Her website is her name, S-A-R-R-I-G-I-L-M-A-N, sarigilman.com. She's amazing. She has amazing tips, amazing books, I would imagine amazing classes all around boundaries. So if this is the sort of thing you like, here's a person you may have never heard of that I think is the bee's knees. I could really spend a lot of time talking about boundaries. If this is a topic that's of interest to people, I want to know. I will gladly dive into boundaries in all kinds of situations because this is a big deal to me. Thank you so much for hanging out. If you want to continue the discussion, you'll find me on Facebook at Gentle Frogs Bookkeeping Lily Pad. Thank you and have a great day. Bye.